episode of the Leftovers Podcast, Derek Kramer, Frank Curry, and we come at you every Monday and Friday on WGR550.com, and we're finally back to being every Monday and Friday. We're finally back to the normal schedule, Frank. Are we? It took a couple of weeks. We're finally yeah. back. Yeah. Because last week we had the Canadiens game, so I couldn't do last week. Friday, well, I was down that the arena. combined with the holidays. Thanksgiving. And- and then before that, there was something else going on. We were able to do the podcast Monday. Yeah, and so things happened. Yeah. Things happened. It is what it is. But now we're back to our normal schedule and our normal paid programming. That's an entirely different thing. Um, <laughs> Derek, if you're getting paid for this, uh, I got to talk to someone. It's fair. So, Frank. Yeah. The streak is over. Yes. They lose 5-4 at the hands they of Tampa lose. Bay. Yep. And I drew three major conclusions out of this game. Uh, let's see here. The refs was bad. Officiating was bad. I'm not disappointed. And now let's see if they can bounce back. One out of three there. Damn. Because my mind thinks differently sometimes. I know it does. My first thought was, all right. Let's see how you bounce back. That's why I got that one right. Yeah, you got that one right. Okay. I'm interested to see what happens now. I mean, this team has faced plenty of adversity, so I think they're really going to be fine. My thing is, how are you going to do with your defensive core? I'm expecting Lawrence Pilot to play tonight against the Panthers because Matt Tennyson got called up probably to be the Lawrence Pilot. So where, in case a defenseman gets injured in warm-ups, Tennyson plays, dear God. So, Scandell is on IR now. Scandell is on IR. McCabe got hurt last night as well. Probably day-to-day. So, yeah, I would expect Pilot's going to be in the lineup, too. Yes, he'll probably be in there, and it's going to be interesting I would to expect the. I would expect the – if the, assuming that all that happens, I would expect the decor is going to look like Darlene is going to be on the first pair of Ristolainen. Yeah, probably Darlene Ristolainen. is going to be with Bull U, and, and Pilot's going to be with uh, Nelson. That's, my, that's what I expect. I would honestly. Debate. I'd like to see Pilot with Bogosian, but I would. Ex- I think Bolu has been playing pretty well. He has. Where been. I think he deserves at least the second pairing minutes tonight. And you better bet they're probably going to jumble this this thing up. You know, it's going to happen. But think about this then, with all that happening, Dalene first pairing with Rissalainen. Does he get? Does he get the most minutes tonight? He did through a lot throughout pretty much a large part of that game, if not for the fact that the Sabres had to be in the penalty kill so much. Yeah, Ristolainen ended up having to play half the game because of it. <clears throat> yeah, and also McKay was out. Yeah. So Dalene got and his first taste of the penalty kill in, in the, the NHL. In the San Jose game, I think it was Bogosian who led the team in ice time, and Dalene was second, I believe. Yes. Now, that was my first thought was, okay, can you bounce back from this? How's it, how are you guys going to respond? You've lost for the first time since November, what, 4th, 7th, something like that? Sure. It's been 11 games before you had to suffer this fate. And you played well. Yeah. They kept in up. In certain aspects. They kept, I thought they kept up. They kept up, but you could have put more shots on a very shaky Louis Demean. Sure. Who was bad. Yes, the refs were bad. 
Demean did his best to make sure it was still a game. My second thought actually was this. I really high-key hate Tampa Bay. Now that this matters again, I don't like them. I used to shrug my shoulders and go, okay, Tampa, go get this Cora Cup, you know? There's a lot of likable players there. No, there's not. I mean, there is. Stamkos is a butthole sometimes. And Cedric Paquette is pretty much at the territory of, let's see. I'm thinking of guys that, I'm trying to think of guys that. Uh, He's a pain in the ass. Alex Burroughs. He's Alex Burroughs territory. He's a pain Cedric in the ass. Cedric Paquette is Alex Burroughs. Yeah. Someone go bite his finger. He's a, he's a, he's I'm a not advocating for that, by Don't. the way. He's a, he's a pain in the ass kind of player. That's exactly what he is. And it's not just him, though. He did what. Have you noticed every always... lightning game over the last four years or so? There's at least, well, not every lightning game, but every year, there's at least one lightning game that ends up in a total disaster that ends up in a brawl fest. Yeah. At least somewhat. At least one game every year. Between these two teams, and it happens. And it almost always happens in Tampa. That maybe was a little, so. So I maybe pretty much little, am in. I'm pretty much in hate mode with the Lightning now. But you know what? That's a good thing. It is, especially with Sabres and Lightning being so close in the standings. Like if Toronto takes they first might, in the division, they this is a playoff series. Yeah, and you know what? I welcome it. I don't because of the I fact do, that the I, Sabres haven't here's the thing. You, done you particularly well against this team without Vasilevsky. You don't because Tampa in the playoffs is dangerous and you probably don't stand a chance. But you should because you want to see what this team is made of. Yes. Against the top echelon. If they're going to become one of those top echelon kind of teams, they got to beat them. They're 1-1 one one against Tampa this year. They split so far. The thing is, is that we haven't seen Andre Vasilevsky yet. This is true. This is true. But Vasilevsky has also shown that he can slow down. Tampa rode him big time last year, and he slowed down by the time the play by the time the playoffs came around. Where yes, the first two series were a breeze because the team was so good in front of him. But as soon as Washington put even the slightest bit of some pressure on. On Vasilevsky, he faltered. Buffalo is a team that can do that, and if Tampa doesn't utilize Vasilevsky right going into the playoffs, you have a shot. I mean, I can understand why they did it. By the way, Demean is terrible. That's true. You too. He's yeah. not good. They don't. They really didn't have. He any was good really bad last night. They don't have that. Ba- yeah. And they won despite him because they could score goals at will. Mm-hmm. And it makes you wonder, how the hell did they keep it to only one goal the last time they faced Tampa? How did that happen? <laughs> Unsolved mysteries. The third thing, though, was this, Frank. The pressure's off. Yeah. There was this whole thing about a win streak. Now it's over. And could we keep it going? And could we make sure that, you know, we broke the franchise record. We matched the franchise record. Everything like that. Now it's over. Now you just get to play hockey again. 
I mean, yeah, I don't think the players are thinking about it that much, but the pressure in the most part is off. You're going to lose games in hockey. It's an 82-game season. It's just going to happen. Yep. We weren't going to take 63 wins in this one. But what I did see is that the biggest takeaway in all of this, the third takeaway, the biggest one, the streak in the Sabres helped reignite hockey in Buffalo. They can finish that- a wild card team, and you want to know what's going to happen? The hype is cranked up to 11 still. Yeah. And I that's w- the biggest thing that I'm really excited about is, you know, the pressure's off, but the hype is here. And now as long as the team keeps it going, the hype is going to stay and it's going to get bigger. Exactly. I was at the San Jose game on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. That was the best atmosphere I've ever been in at a Sabres game since the conference final teams. And I was at the Montreal game, and that one was wacky. It was You know, wacky. how they yeah. score in overtime to end that one. Yeah. Like, it almost seems like each night it's getting more and more unreal, the atmosphere. They now, seem to have – there's this winning streak – has slowly but surely brought back the fan base. And it's not even necessarily the winning streak, Frank. When was the last time they put up a clunker? Out west against Vegas? San Jose. Or San Jose? San Jose game. They're thirteen they're like thirteen three and two since the San Jose game. And even in those losses They're close. They've played well. Yeah. Hell, the Ottawa loss and the Rangers loss, they were the superior team the entire game. But let's be real, though. Before the winning streak started, they were still in a wildcard spot. They were still in a wildcard spot, but they were still hovering around 500. And people were still wondering whether this team was for real or not. Whether it's, okay, do we buy in? We thought that. We thought this team's really good. We were playing well. But I'm talking about the fan base in general because – after what happened last year, you know that this fan base was divided where people didn't want anything to do with the team anymore. Or they were they were like, I can still get on board because we get, you know, number one pick, Rasmus Dahlin, things like that. And the people who just didn't want to do anything else with the team, they were they were thinking they gotta earn our trust back. And that trust is slowly being earned back by the winning streak. That's what it did. And it shows with how the atmosphere is in the arena. People are coming to games again. People want to go to games again. Ticket prices are going up. And no matter who they play, it's going to be a, it if this team keeps it up no matter who they play, it's going to be a tough sell. It's going to be a tough get, I should say, for a ticket. If you want to go go to the game, you're going to have to <laughs> spend some money now. Yeah. To do it. You're not just going to go and spend, you know, 20 bucks on tickets. Now you got to spend like 80. Last and I'm year, talking three and I'm still talking 300 levels. Last year we were talking about and we've gotten tickets for like 6 bucks last year. Yeah. That's Six. not happening anymore. Yeah, it's one of those things where you're just you're going to have to shell out money now yeah. to make it to games. Yeah. Not just in the playoffs but the regular season. The winning streak slowly brought back the fan base, the ones that didn't trust the team because they hadn't proven anything, haven't proven that they were 
taken that next step or that they should invest. The winning streak brought that back. And again, and people are now invested in this team. And again, it's one of those things though where it is what it is. Yeah. And people could stay away because the last five years they were truly dreadful. Yeah. Few and far between are the people that watched every single Sabres game in the last five years. Yeah. What I don't want to see is anyone saying something about, oh, here come all the Sabres bandwagon fans again. I'm sorry, but you should just be moving over and giving them a seat because the last five years, the atmosphere in the arena was dreadful. Terrible. Terrible. So guess what? You need bandwagon fans in order for the place to get loud. I welcome the bandwagoners. You need people that don't know what they're seeing day in and day out because, you know, what that does one, it puts a butt in the seat. Yeah. And two, it puts an excited person in the seat. Yeah. And three, therefore, it causes the arena to go crazy and loud and fun. And what it was back in 06, 07. Yep. So suck on that salty person that uh, decides he hates bandwagoners. Name me a winning fan base that doesn't have them. Name me any fan base. Any fan base that doesn't have them, please. I'll, I'll wait. I have all the time in the world. Actually, no, I don't. But I will take all the time that I need to do all my other stuff it's while like you that. go ahead and try to think about <laughs> what fan base has it's... no bandwagon fans. And then there you go. Oh, hey, look at that. I finished all my work, and you still haven't thought of any bandwagon hey, fans. It's like that. It's like the meme of the guy sitting at a table with a cup of coffee, and you got the sign in front of it, and it'll say, every fa- fan base has bandwagon fans. Change my mind. You can't. That's what that's what, that's, that's what you are right now. It's you're that guy sitting in the chair holding a cup. At least for you, you'd be holding a, a bottle of Dr Pepper. Dude, I could drink a mug of something. Find a mug of Dr Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> but that would be you. Give me money, Dr Pepper. <laughs> um, yeah, no, actually, but no. Again. Give him Dr Pepper. I mean, I could just use the money to get it, or you could just get it for free. That's true. <laughs> Yes, give me pop. Yes. Or give me not death, because then I don't get to sit at that desk with that mug. Get me a mug. Okay. I'll start there. Okay. But the Sabres really are an impressive group, because the last time they put up a clunker was at the beginning of the season, halfway through a Western road trip, that kind of sparked the team to go, okay, we need to do something different. As I said, they're like 13-3-2 or something like that. They've won 13 games. Ten of them in a row. Also just an unconscious pace. The thing that I realized, though, was that this team was already hitting that. Because what they do we, that, we, that game we after San Jose. That, yeah, we sensed that, 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 some, that they were going to – find their strides based on how they were playing, even putting up the clunkers because of how they responded afterwards. I think it was the, I think they played LA right after. No, was it? It was the game that I bought in and knew that something was different. Anaheim. That's right. They fall to nothing. They looked like the better team. I'm like, they're not losing this. Are you kidding? They're all over the ducks. All they have to do is just keep playing hockey. Yeah. And what did they do? Stormed right back. And I'm like, Hmm. They didn't duck down anymore. They didn't cower and just try to get the game over with. All right, I'm in. 
that's what that was. Like some Thursday night but game was, was playing the at the same time, and I'm like, well, I don't care about that right now. Get out of but here. But it was L.A. where they had that rebound. Mm-hmm. But it was afterwards, yeah, for you. Yeah, it was after that. It was after the L.A. game. And then Skinner had the hat trick that game and against L.A., and then, yeah. Yeah. The very next night was Anaheim. Oh, that's right. It was in that order. Yeah. But, again, it just showed me, all right, well, this is a little different this time. All right, I'm in. That's like, where you were. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. This is different. They bounced back and beat a team that many people thought would be good at the beginning of the season. Oh, my God, they are trash, the Kings. Yeah. But then they go ahead and they fall behind against Anaheim, and you're thinking to yourself, wait, how the hell is this happening? They're just, like, it's not even that Hutter got, Hutton got beat on bad shots. It's just the Ducks have managed to capitalize on some chances, and Josh Gibson's doing his best impression of a brick wall. But they're still the better team. Let's see if they can just keep playing hockey. And then they did. And that's when I was like, okay, let's go. I'm here. I'm here for it. I like it. Then in Vancouver, then the Vancouver game, I'm like, fans, you're leaving, and that's not a good idea. I know that they're down with three and a half minutes left by two goals, but they could still do this. Mm-hmm. And then they did. Yeah. Then they had to kill a penalty in overtime. And they won and it. they did. Then they won in a shootout. And the streak started. And here we are. This team isn't without drama in pretty much any game. Yeah. They're, what? They're making life stressful three games, for fans. They're, what, three games where you're just like, okay, never mind. Well, four if you count the 9-2. That was just in the other direction. Yeah. The strangest thing is, outside of that game, they haven't really won by two goals that often this year. Strange? The, yes. They're multi-goal wins. They have... The Vegas game at home. They have seven. Seven out of their... How many? Seven out of their 17 wins are multi-goal games. That's not bad. And, Cause remember, and, and only to, one of those wins, by the way, came on the winning streak. Nine of their yeah. ten games in the winning streak were one goal. Yeah, Philly game. Philly, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the odd one, 9-2. Anaheim was 4-2. L.A. was 5-1. And really, everything else was early. All their, their, their first few wins early in the year were multi-goal wins. Yes. Because they have Arizona, mm-hmm. Vegas at home, and then yep. the Rangers. Yep. That's right. They beat the Rangers early in the season, too. First win of the year. Oh, yeah. It was the second game of the year. Yep. Because we're like, hey, can they bounce back after whatever they did against after Boston? Boston. Remember, Which you like, and I were like, they're yeah. not this bad. Calm yeah. down, everyone. Yeah. And then they won. And Yeah. I, I think that there's something here. There's still a very competent and talented team. And you saw it against Tampa Bay. Was it their best game? No. Did they stick around this time instead of holding on for dear life like the last time they faced Tampa? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They traded chances in the third period before Paquette got the goal. Yeah. You saw but after but you saw the strength of the Lightning. No matter what happens with that game. They you score saw goals. Tampa's strength. You saw that. They score goals. And now and now going forward 
they they can go they can they what the players take away from that game is we we kept up with one of the best teams in the league with one of the teams that's favored to win the Stanley Cup this year that might have an all star roster yeah their entire roster might be an all could just be an all star team like isn't the all star all star team nine players now right for each division yes all right Stamkos Kucherov Point McDonough Hedman Vasilevsky went healthy. That's six right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even in the old format, like if it was East versus West, you just put up a first line of Tampa Bay. Yeah. Like if there were fan, if there was fan voting, remember how how the Sabers had five of the six mm-hmm. for starters? Mm-hmm. That would be the Lightning. Yep. Stamkos, Kucherov, Point, Hedman, McDonough. Vasilevsky, yep. six of six. Bam. If it was hosted in Tampa, just be like, "All right, well, that happened." Yeah. But they, they so you went up- shot for shot, chance for ch- uh, not shot for shot and chance for chance. Yeah, more no. So, Tampa but you still hung around. You hung, you hung around and kept the lead. Up. Yeah, several they times. had a couple leads that game. They kept up. Five lead changes. Yeah, five they, lead changes. That's a great game. They kept up. That's a confidence booster right there. If they can if they know that they can keep up with the best in the league. They have Florida tonight. Let's see if they rebound. Pilot's playing. I, I would assume he's playing. He's gonna make his NHL debut. Olmark's likely gonna start. Let's see how they rebound. They dominate they should dominate this game. I think they can. I think they should. The night the biggest thing though, Florida's another team. That they could go shot for shot with, Florida's mm-hmm. got Florida can score goals. Florida's got talent. Their biggest problem, Florida's biggest problem, has been goaltending all year. If they can, ex- if they can find a way to exploit that, I swear to God, if Luongo goes back for this game, he's not. He's he's out. He's Reimer okay. starting. Okay, he's starting. Likely, okay. I think it should be Reimer starting. Because I I read the report earlier this week that Luongo might return this weekend, and I'm like, oh, the Sabers faced them this weekend. Yeah, I think he's still dealing with the knee injury. Well, if he's going to be back this weekend, I'm going to guess that that might be like a Saturday or Sunday sort of thing. But Friday is, for some people, known as a weekend. Yeah. And Luongo is a saber killer. But they rebound against Florida. This could be another one of those like 4-3 kind of games. I have a feeling it might go that way tonight. Allmark's going to start a not-Saturday game for the first time this year. Yeah. <laughs> Nashville, Monday. Hang on. Maybe a second. Might be a second. You're right. But but that on. was but but it was more hyperbole, but still my point. Yeah, Florida tonight. Nashville Monday. Toronto Tuesday. Let's see how they let's see how they play in these next three games. And see how see what the rebound is. I'm excited to see what they can do against Toronto. I'm excited as well because Toronto's now got Matthews back. And I was talking more about chance generation and going shot for shot. But I'm right. not and, excited and, having but it one helps of the that they have scores back. back. Right, they, they have Matthews back, which will help, which will help them, and we can see what Buffalo is gonna, how they're gonna be against that kind of team. I know. I just don't feel like dealing with it. You have to at some point. I know. You have to. I know. You also just said you'd rather face Toronto in a playoff series in Tampa. Tell me I'm wrong. 
I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong, but that means you've got to face them. I know. I just don't want to hear the uh, whole Austin Matthews better than Jack Eichel crap right now. It's, eh. Because here's the thing. One just scores goals. A lot of goals. Not really known as an adept passer. You know, he's not an elite playmaker in this league. He just scores goals. They only do that because Matthews is on a really good team right now. No, they only and do that because Matthews is in Toronto, and Toronto media too. is kind of crazy. I mean, that too, yeah. Okay. Jack Eichel is one of the elite playmakers of this game. Two and, oh, hey, he picked up, and ho-hum, he picked up another two assists last night. Yeah. Yawn. Yeah. Another day from Jack. Now, I got – I want to talk – I do – so it's funny how we're talking about Toronto because I do want to talk about them. My thing is with Toronto, they've been decent defensively this year. Not, not, not the team. Nylander. We're what, two days? Tomorrow. Actually, Today and tomorrow. It's about 36 hours because it's tomorrow at 5. Yeah, to me, t- today and tomorrow. Yeah. Before, uh... What is the latest on Willie? Last I knew was there was something about an offer for 6.9. Nice. <laughs> Have some decorum, Francis. No. Says the guy who said sniff the glue on the last podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We don't know. That's the thing. We really don't know. Any last bit, of, any information that has been reported over the course of this whole holdout is pretty much it. Nealander wants a lot of money. He wants probably dry sidle contract money because he's afraid of being traded. So he wants to get overpaid massively so that other teams look at the contract and think, I don't want that. That's I think that's where he's at. He's still at. He's. It sounds like he's not budging. And the fact that he's not budging kind of makes things easy, doesn't it? The Leafs, but the Leafs at the same time seem like they they don't want to give him what other players in his category have kind of been getting. So when I talk a category, I'm looking at look at his draft class. You have Reinhardt. You have. Aaron Ek- defenseman doesn't count. Aaron Eckblad, he got over seven million. What? Okay, he's a defenseman. Reinhardt got a bridge deal. Drysaddle got the big, got that breaking everything, and that's what Nealander wants. You look at guys like Nikolai Ehlers, who got six million dollars over like six, seven years. David Pasternak got about over six point six, which was for underpaid six, for him. Yes, which was looked at as underpaid like criminally underpaid congrats boston i hate you it seems toronto's not even offering uh ehlers contract you know what i think they made their decision then when Tavares signed the immediate question was what are you gonna do with nylander matthews and marner who's leaving that and that and i said the decision yeah has been made not just by the team but by the player Nylander has made this painfully easy for them. Neil, I think no. I see here. That's the thing. I think Nealander. If he doesn't wants, play for the whole year, he's not going to be paid by this team, and he's going to be gone. Well, that's the thing. I think he wants to be in Toronto. 
I a lot of Al wants to be in Toronto. He would take some sort of a pay cut and wouldn't think that he's worth seven million freaking dollars a year. But if you're getting paid less than a guy, less than Nikolai Ehlers, who I look, you look at the production. Nylander has been better, yeah, production wise. So he should get at least be getting that. If Toronto, if if Toronto offered somewhere in between Pasternak and Ehlers' contract, I think Nylander takes it. That's true, but here's the thing: however, about contract negotiations. However, I remember what I said. Nylander is afraid of being traded out of Toronto because he doesn't want to leave. He knows because he knows about Matthews and Marner. He knows that that's gonna be those two are gonna be huge. Matthews, there's a legit chance Matthews might get the same or more than Tavares got. No one knows what Marner's gonna get. Really, no one knows because. Is he going to get – he's likely going to get more than Pasternak. He's, he might get – there's a legit chance he might get similar to Dreisaitl. There's a legit possibility of that, especially with the season he's having right now. At least Marner had more than one year's worth of production when he got that deal. Yeah. Looking at you there, Shirelli. <laughs> but I see where Nylander is coming from. Oh, I do too. It just I, – I think there's a little bit of fault on both sides. There is. And you know what? That's the thing about contract negotiations. Remember when Ryan Smith, the uh, longtime Oilers captain, yeah. Captain Canada himself, got traded? Yeah. They were off by a hundred grand. Yeah. By their negotiations when things fell apart. This and-, and Edmonton started to focus on trading instead of finishing out the deal. This feels like they're off by they could be off by as much as three million dollars. But as little as possibly from what I read in reports, three hundred thousand. Yes. Now, Nylander, I say Nylander has made the decision for them. There's another detail about Toronto that I'm that makes me happy, by the way. I think that I, th- I this me... Nylander problem can guarantee me something. You want to know What's what that, that guarantee is? Hmm. Jeff Skinner staying here. How does think that about, think about it? Right, the money you need to pay Mar- Marner, the money you need to pay Matthews, the money yeah. you're tied up into Tavares. Yeah, you need defensemen on that team. Yeah, Jeff Skinner's not going to be in their plans. Yeah. So what's the closest team toward his home? Ah, I see what you're saying. The team he's on and having success playing on. Because he's from the Toronto area. I see what you're saying. Makes me feel nice and warm and fuzzy I think about it, Jeff I think Skinner. What that, I think what that does, it increases his chances of it. I don't think he guarantees it just yet because we don't know. He's not going to Toronto. Right. That's what. That's one place. That's, that's one, one place. Okay. I what, know. But what other places are closer out. to Toronto? Ottawa? You think he's going to go to Ottawa? Hear me out on this. Nobody's going to Ottawa. Hear me out. (laughs) Hear me out. We don't know how negotiations are going to go with Skinner because they haven't started yet. They have not started. Bacho has said, likely, after the holidays. So after Christmas or in January, I'm expecting contract negotiations to start for Skinner. Great. Want that to happen right away. However, we don't know how they're going to go. We don't know how much money Skinner wants. We don't know how much Bottrell's going to offer. We don't know how much, how much more in the middle they can meet or will they meet. We don't know. So I'm not going to assume anything just yet. However. It makes me feel warm and fuzzier. How's it that? It makes you feel better. Yes, I agree. That's it, what I will agree like with. The it point makes you feel to be, better. It needed to be brought up. How's that? 
Sure. It needed to be brought up because it makes me feel better about the fact that sure. we actually do have a legitimate shot at signing this guy long-term because yeah. it's close to home. That was one of the reasons he waived the no-trade clause to come here. Yeah. And the young core, which is performing rather admirably. Yep. Oh, and that Jack Eichel guy that he plays with on a, a, a center. Yeah. You know, like those are the reasons he waived the clause. Yeah. And those are the reasons I think that he signs long-term because all of those things have broken the right way. Yeah. I, then, I'm with you. And then because his hometown team probably wouldn't have him in the future plans. Yeah. That's the one worry that has crumbled. I think if Toronto— I think- hate to sound arrogant. Maybe it's the 10-game winning streak talking. Maybe it's <laughs> Jeff Skinner being second in the league in goals. I really think that if By the Skinner- way, he hasn't scored in two games, bust. Yeah. I really— <laughs> Oh, one game. That's right, yeah. He, he scored, scored the, the OT winner. In, scored the OT him. winner against San Jose. I saw that live. It was great. Okay, but. He hasn't scored in one game. Bust. <laughs> but I think if Skinner was in Toronto's long-term plans, they would have traded for him in the offseason. Exactly. Because they 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 have more to, they have more to offer to Carolina. To be fair, they had a contract dispute. Though they didn't have a contract dispute with Nylander at the time. That's true. Hell, Nylander might have been the piece exclusively to get Skinner. Maybe that there was a lot of talk at talk of uh, out of Toronto offering Nylander for Skinner and Justin Falk. Yeah. So. Oh wow. Yeah. Thank you. By the way, that 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 didn't happen. But oh god, circle Justin Falk would have been terrifying. Circle back to the Nylander thing. I do. I rem, I what I was watching. Uh, I I. I subscribe to Sportsnet's uh, YouTube channel because they put up a lot of cl- some a lot of clips from like their shows yep. and stuff. One of my f- and a show I really like is Tim and Sid. Yes, great show. They had Friedman on a couple days ago. They had Nick Kiprios on a couple days ago as well, and the, both of them made it sound like no matter what happens with this. Nylander will not be a Leaf after the season. He could sign a contract at the very last minute, and it could be a bridge deal. It could be a long-term deal. It could be a one-year deal. It could be a one-year deal, too. Well, it'll likely— But it what would they said was also my point. But I think what, it, what this holdout and what these negotiations have shown, the relationship between the Leafs and Nylander, broken. And that's why I said that the choice was made already. Yeah. Nylander made their choice for them. I don't think Nylander made the choice. I think Toronto did. They might have. They might have hoped to try to have their take. I think Toronto did by by what it sounds like, consistently lowballing Nylander and maybe even refusing to meet in the middle. And yes. And I think because that, because they went such hard-nosed at the negotiations, eventually... It's it bre- it broke Nealander and he's just, and he might be a, and it, their talk they, their talks right now as far as maybe like a day or two ago may just be listen man listen we're not gonna we're not gonna get this dud you might as well just trade me if you can if if you do that you know that might be the best way to go it could be something like that and again I don't blame them for trying to lowball that's them having their cake and trying I to eat it too I don't think Nealander made the decision for them I think I think the Leafs made the decision themselves they're trying to still be a team trying to fit everything under the cap yeah they're trying to have their cake and eat it too which i don't blame them that's what you're supposed to do 
I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to give themselves enough ca- enough cap, not only to sign Matthews and Marner, but they got. But there's other plays that they got to sign too. Kasperi Kapanen being one of them. Yep. Who took the Nealander spot and is running just fine with it. And I got. I don't know how many years Morgan Riley has left on his current contract, which is similar to Ristolainen's. Right now, I want to take a look. I know Freddie Anderson's contract is up in uh, after this year, two years. Is John Tavares the hero we needed? My column. <laughs> <laughs> you have because right now you have Kadri up in four years. That's including this year. Dang, he's got four years. Yeah, Hyman's up after this year, two years. Hyman's not a huge cap hit though. Yeah, and so is Connor Brown. And then they got that Zaitsev contract. Yeah, that's that's going to be a regret. The big thing, though, is they're out of Gardner and Hainsey after this year. What's their cap hits each? Gardner's about four and Hainsey's three. So that's $7 million freed up for them. Yeah. But that $7 million probably they going have, straight to Marner's bank account. That's the thing. Like They have the cap space to do it because they have $30 million next offseason. All right, Matthews gets 12 Probably. Marner might. Marner legit might get eight. There's 20 going to two players. You need to do something about that. And defense. there was a lot of talk of Mar- Patrick Marlowe may not even see the end of his contract with the Leafs anyway, and that's over $6 million right there. As in, like, they – as in, they're – I wouldn't be shocked if the Leafs, like, traded him in the offseason. Right. But – Maybe maybe that was it. Maybe Tavares signing is the the nail in the coffin to break that young core, at least a one person off of it. Yeah, because if they have the cap space to do this with Nealander, why would they lowball? Because him? you all, because at the same time too, they still got to build over the rest of the team. Yeah, and they probably feel like a lot of their prospects aren't ready to come up if they. If they felt like they could fill out the roster with their young players that they have now, guys like – I think they would have signed Elander already. Yeah. And guys – and and then the talks of off-seasons would be, who's Josh Levo getting traded to? Who's – are they going to keep Kapanen? Are they going to keep Andreas Janssen? Are they going to keep Tyler Ennis after this year? Who – I mean, they signed a he's, – he's at 650 – K right now, and he's been great for them. Are I, they going to keep, you know, what's up? How much is Dermot going to get in two years? You know, things like that. It might Morgan Riley, by the way, three years after this year at five million. So it, it's got there's got to be something in that in in that that they don't have confidence in a lot of their young players, at least the ones who aren't uh, who are in the AHL right now or in juniors that they feel like they may need to add through free agency or trades. And guess what? Got to overpay in free agency. Mm-hmm. So maybe that maybe there's something there in that sense that that's why they want to get Nealander on a really good team-friendly contract so they can have that flexibility. And Nealander's just those not having moves. any of it. Yeah. Maybe – or maybe – there's something in the in the organization where they want to ha- make sure they have a certain amount of cap space every year. Yeah, I mean they're not. I mean the the thing about the Leafs, they're not a they're not a budget team. They can spend as much money as they want. 
I mean, everyone's got a cap. Well, there's a cap. I mean, at least for the cap, but in terms of actual dollars. Yeah. Because they're one. They're like the richest team in the league. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. But the way the way things are going, sure as hell seems like, no matter what happens in these next day and a half, William Nealer is not going to be a Leaf by next season. Oh, yeah. The and disrespect where is there. He si- yeah, where he signs, probably wherever he gets traded to. Yep. Team yeah. that has the cap space to do it. And that, yeah, pretty much. Mm. See what happens. I swear if a team offers she's Toronto this year. That would be hilarious. Backflips. I'm doing backflips. Yeah. Are you going to do backflips? I'll try to do backflips. Yeah. I'll use a trampoline. Okay. So I go. could actually succeed and not die. <laughs> I like it. And then I still also might die. Yeah, I like it. But backflips. It just it would be interesting there. You know what else is interesting? What? How much football seems to hate my life. Can you explain to me how the hell the Saints get 10 points and 170 yards against Dallas? Other than football hates me for not liking Dallas. The Cowboys are at seven and five. I know. The Cowboys are gonna win the NFC East. And nine and seven. The Cowboys are garbage. They are not good. Jerry Jones could go to hell. And yet here I am watching them beat the stupid Saints after the Sabres lost. I'm just like, all right, my night's ruined. I'm just gonna go cry. Not really, but still. It's ridiculous. Dallas is not good. It seems like with Dallas, like their defense has been good all year. Let's be real. Jalen Smith and Lane Van Der Esch are a great linebacking duo. Jalen Smith should have got ejected last night. Yeah, but they've been great all year. I'm talking, like, just all year. I know. Dallas, see, that Amari Cooper trade's looking better and better each week. Well, they give up a first, it better look better for them. And it has been. They have a legit number, they have a number one receiver now for Dak. Ezekiel Elliott's eating every week. That's one of the most annoying things in the world. I know, it's funny, though. But he's been... He's been great. As someone who likes food, I don't like being tied to Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> well, would you, ra- you could be tied to Todd Gurley then, because he eats every week. But he doesn't do that stupid nom, 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 nom thing. Yeah. Get here, <laughs> Zeke. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, they, have, they have a number one running back. They have a number one receiver. And it's been working. For them, they're four and one. In their last five games, they should. Yeah, they're. Yeah, they don't seem that good. But then again, if Philly was, you know, the defending champs, Dallas would one. They'd be six and six right now because Philly would have beaten them, and two, Philly be w- winning the division right now. And then we w- we'd be talking about, and then the talk about Dallas would be not winning the division, but. Could they get the wild card? A wild card spot. Woof. 
but thank you NFC East for continuing to suck. And now I have to see arrogant cowboy fans be a thing. And don't worry, they'll lose in the wild card round. It's Dallas. They don't win in the playoffs. Also, probably because you're drawing Carolina or Seattle. Yeah, probably. Well, Carolina's been trading downwards. They'd probably still draw Seattle. If we go by play. Or the Vikings. Actually, I want to see right now. They'd be playing Minnesota. I'm looking at uh, based on the standings right now. Minnesota could lose to them. Probably. <laughs> based on the standings right now. So then have fun. You get to deal with the Rams or the Bears. <laughs> or so, the Saints again, and they're not going to do the same thing twice. Because assignment's in New Orleans. Based on the standings right now in the NFC, obviously the Rams and Saints have the bye. It'd be Bears-Redskins. The Redskins are in a wild card spot over Seattle and Carolina. Okay, Seahawks do something about this because they're because the Washington is six and three in the conference. Meet well, Seattle's five and three, and Carolina's four and four. Okay, Seattle do something about this. Nothing so we'd against see Colt- Washington versus Chicago. Nothing against Colt McCoy though, but I don't expect to see Washington there for much longer. Yeah. Unless they somehow win the division and Dallas gets the wild card and they have to face the Bears and Dak's going to die at that point. <laughs> if, we, if we do the AFC, KC New England, and New England are the 1-2. One, 1-2. Two. One, two. Houston at 8-3 and three plays Baltimore. By the way, nice job, Pittsburgh, blowing your chance at a first-round bye by losing to Denver. Yeah. Because they, didn't they have the inside edge on that record-wise? Yes, because of the tie. And there you go, shooting yourself in the foot there. Yep. You can't Pittsburgh bank. Pittsburgh would be the four seed right now playing the Chargers. They still they, they fell from two to four? Yeah. Ooh. Nice job. Yeah, Houston's a three. They're eight and three. New England that's a tiebreaker over Houston because they beat them. Good to know that one. we started something special for the Houston Texans. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Peterman. Yeah. Well, at least Peterman's a hero somewhere. I guess. <laughs> Speaking of Peterman, you got to try out, uh, like, you got to work out with Denver. Good for him. Does John Elway know what quarterbacks are? No. Even as a quarterback himself? No. Because he won't draft one. No, he does. They're usually just bad. Paxton Lynch. He won't draft a good one. Probably the biggest one there. And then, you know, they also drafted Brock Osweiler. We all assumed that somehow he was going to get, like, Baker Mayfield in the draft last year. Yeah. And then he went number one. And they went number one. And then Bradley Chubb fell to him. And it's like, okay, I guess. We see. You don't need a you – don't, you didn't have to take a quarterback. Plus, they signed Case Keenum. Well, it was only a two-year deal. But still, like they signed. A, so they signed into that, knowing that they could still target a quarterback in the next two drafts. So which one's going to be a bust next year? We'll find out. Stay tuned. <laughs> and as for the rookie quarterbacks, by the way, Josh Allen, relatively decent game. I want to see what he can do against Miami, a team that can be exploited. Yep. Bring it. Let's see what happens. 
I'm I'm genuinely thinking that there's a chance that the Sabres uh, that the Bills can win this game, rip up a winning streak all of a sudden, and get our hopes up. And then no, there's not going to be hopes up. I mean, oh, you know, there's going to be hope. No, the only, it's the Bills. The only thing that's going to get ripped down is the fact that well, if the Bills win on Sunday, they're at five and seven. They're just in you the hunt. You know, but you know that there's going to be some hope. There's going to be some hope by some fans, but this team got way too far behind. I know. When you happen to go 0-4 without your starting rookie quarterback, good. how'd that feel? In my wrist. Against the keyboard. You know what you just did? You personified what happened to the Bills without Josh Allen. <laughs> well, that'd be if I fell off the chair. Well, you still hurt yourself somehow. <laughs> Can't explain why. Other than the fact that you didn't have Josh Allen. That's true. I didn't have Josh Allen to <laughs> move my hand out of the way from the keyboard. And that is why there should not be much hope in getting to some form of playoff hunt with this team. I know. Also, we all at, know. Also, look at the AFC standings. They're a little jumbled. Yeah. Because you have to deal with Indianapolis, which is almost looking like a lock at this point. Except, you know, they have to overtake Baltimore first. Baltimore's still there, hanging around. Baltimore right now is in the last wildcard spot because of conference record. Since he's spiraling downward because they've got Hugh Jackson. <laughs> Denver somehow has strung some wins together. Yeah, two in a row. They beat the Chargers and And then Pittsburgh. there's the Chargers who are a lock in a wild card. Yeah, oh yeah, they're a lock. I mean, let's be real. Let's be real with the Chargers. So what hope do the Bills have to sneak into anywhere other than 10th in the conference? We know that. Top six get there. Yeah, I know. They're not we even know. close. We know. I'm not saying tank, but I'm not. Uh, but I'm saying don't get your hopes up about a playoff spot. We made the in-the-hunt graphic again. You know what that means? Typical Bills. It's another year. <laughs> I just still have a chance at the division. No. Don't they? No. Did they play Kansas City twice already? Yeah, they lost twice. Lost both games? Yes. Okay. But. No. I know it's the over. It's the over. You can't ever go against them. Not to mention, L.A. has shot themselves in the foot more this year than you could count. I know. They're 8-3. And, and now they, uh, yeah, now they don't have losing Melvin to, Gordon. Them losing to Denver hurt them, too. Yeah. The Broncos just inflicting pain. Yeah. Yet still not knowing what a quarterback is. <laughs> With a GM that was an all-time great quarterback. Mm-hmm. Now the Chargers don't have Melvin Gordon probably till the rest till the playoffs. Uh, they'll be fine. The, Austin Eckler is really good. Solid guy. He's All really right. good. I think we got to get out of here. Okay. But. Yeah, I don't know what I had to say. Oh, yeah, UB. MAC championship tonight. MAC championship tonight, seven o'clock. Can they beat Northern Illinois? It's a rhetorical question. What they should win? What kind of bowl game is UB going to get? Probably just one that the MAC champion sends to. Because there yeah, are the tie-ins. High- there are tie-ins with each conference with the bowl games and the highest one, based on like the, based on the dates. Look at the bowl projections. Yeah, that's how you're going to find out. There's a Mac tie with some sponsors and everything like that, and that's how you get money. If the Mac champion doesn't go to the Mac sanctioned game, there's probably going to be a bit of a problem. 
The only reason they wouldn't have, say, for example, would have been if they had one loss on their resume, if they didn't lose to Ohio, if they didn't get crushed by Army, then we'd be talking about something different. We'd be in UCF territory right here. Right. But because they lost to Ohio in a bad fashion, they lost to Army in a bad fashion, Like it, the scoreboard was not pretty in those games. Um, you're looking at just the MAC Champion Bowl or the MAC's Runner-Up Bowl. That's how it's going to go. Right now, the Dollar General Bowl, which is the one that I was thinking of as being like, that's the one Where's that it is. at? I got to look at where. Where it's at. Yeah. But as of right now, it'd be UB versus Georgia Southern. It's in Mobile. Okay. And it's on December 22nd. Mobile? That's, I don't want yeah. to think about traveling to Mobile. That's, that, is the fir- like, that is the latest date that a MAC team has for a bowl game this year. Or that they have. Closest to Christmas, yeah. Yeah. That would be so. If we go, so if going by that, UB wins, they'll play Georgia Southern in the Dollar General Bowl, and Northern Illinois will play in the Potato Bowl. Boise, yeah. So it's Mobile, Alabama, or Boise, Idaho. Pretty much. Well, I mean, unless something else happens. True. Because the MAC has seven teams that are bowl eligible. Yes, but the one and two are tied to certain bowls. The runner-up and champion? Yeah. Generally go to a certain Like bowl. Toledo's got a bowl game. Yep. And and you got to think Ohio's going to get a bowl, bowl too because they had a better record than Toledo this year. If Toledo got one, Ohio should get one. Yeah. So, I mean, it'll probably be those four teams getting bowl games out of the back. Mm-hmm. And the other three getting left out. Sorry, I don't remember which teams they were. (laughs) Oh, well. Oh, well. But we'll see what happens there. All right. Thanks for listening to Leftovers Podcast here on WGR550.com. Derek Kramer. Frank O'Curry. And, well, let's see what happens here. Sabres, Bills, Bulls, everything of the sorts. Well, just kick back and enjoy it. Now we don't have to worry about some franchise-breaking streak unless they start another one, right? (laughs) 